0: Hi guys, we are back on Lead Her Shift. And of course, you know, we are talking to dynamic women from around the world. And I'm here with Koss, who is going to share so much about her journey and her perspective, especially on leadership, the challenges she's had, but also the triumphs, because we all like to hear about those wins, right? And I'm going to turn over to her to share a little bit about who she is, what she's been up to, and then we'll delve a little deeper into the leadership side of her. So talk to me, Koss. Tell me a little bit about yourself. All right.
1: Thank you so much, Kalian. Uh, so I'm a multi-passionate conscious entrepreneur. So multi-passionate is a term that I took from Marie Folio because I okay. like to do a lot of things. And uh, I'm an intentional living coach. I'm also a content creator, I'm, uh, I'm an English coach, like I help uh, people from non-native countries with their English conversation and writing, and I'm a copywriter, oh, <laughs> so wow. I do all of these things, and I, uh, I'm too much into sustainability and uh, slow living, so that is what I ardently promote on my channels and networks and social media.
0: Nice. So talk to me about intentional living coach. What does that even mean? Like to the person who may not even understand what that means, what is it that you exactly do?
1: So intentional living is basically, so I will give you a background on how I came up with this entire idea. Yeah. Uh, I started a channel, uh, I think last year in January, when I returned from a, like a big trip from Bali. And on the trip that I decided that I'm going to start a zero waste channel on Instagram and see and document my journey. So I started documenting it. I got really into it. And I grew this entire community that people actually started reaching out to me. But there was an entire big gap. While I was so much into sustainable living, promoting it, I became an expert into zero waste and, you know, sustainable category. But there was a big gap. Like I saw people uh, being aware of the problems that our climate is facing, but they're not implementing anything. So I wanted to get to know why, where exactly is the gap. And in that gap I figured out that people are not being intentional with themselves. Like you Mm. go to a job that you hate or you are living at a place that you hate. And you know, there's so much of anger and rage it's all because you're not being intentional with your life, mm. uh, and because you're not happy, you're content with your life. You don't want to do anything. You think right. that the environment is a separate part of you. You're not a part of it. But mm. like the entire thing is that you are a part of Earth. It's not separate from you, and taking care of it is not out of convenience. So right. I I realized that instead of promoting sustainability, I should start. Helping people in being, I call it a flow. So like being with your flow, like oh.
0: so like
1: listening to your heart. So if I can help people be in tune with their flow, like listening to their heart, uh, that is like, that's my job is done. Then I don't have to tell them, oh, take care of the environment. Oh, uh, you know, we have a safer relationship. They will like go massive in all the areas of life. So that's, What I do, like in intentional living, I help people to become in tune with themselves and with the environment. So I pick a particular area that they are having trouble with. So it could Mm -hmm. be work or relationship or creativity. So currently I'm working with a client who's working with work. Like she is working at a job that she doesn't like. Right. Uh, And then she wants to do this and other things. I'm helping her get up, get over her limiting beliefs and channel it through, you know, Finally stepping into her ideal self. So I'm having her to
0: listen to her heart more. Listen to your heart more. That is amazing. You know, when we think about intentional just being intentional, we don't often think about how does that connect to your heartbeat? How does that connect to you you personally, right? Um, how did you find this? Like what what was the steps or the process that led you to this specifically you, you I'm sure you have a myriad of experience in different fields and I'm I'm interested to see what led you to this specifically
1: so do you want uh, do you yeah want go back something? let's hear the story <laughs> all right then I think I'm, I talk a lot so I, yeah no um,
0: <laughs> I'll jump in I'll jump in at some point but tell me about tell me about the story of what led you here
1: okay so it's a long story like I have been working as a copywriter or a journalist right. uh, for about six to seven years. And I was working with advertising agency, a lot of online newspapers. And I love, I'm a very creative person. I like, I really like the art of writing, things like right. craft and brainstorming. The only thing that I did not like is, you know, extensive working hours and mm. no intention. Like every day you have another job to do. You're not even pausing to look around. So I think that was an exhaustion for me. And plus I also like, there were a couple of things that bothered me. Like every time I jump a job, for the first three months, I would be like super excited. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna like, you know, take all the project. And I think I'm a natural leader. So I would like take all the initiatives. And after three months, it will be so monotonous. And I would get bored. Right. And it was so weird because everybody was like so into what they were doing. They they weren't taking themselves out and seeing like what they are doing with their lives. But I was like, you know, there was this uh, unsatisfaction in my heart. And I'm like, something mm. is wrong. I am not here. This is not me. I still remember it was Thursday afternoon, uh, four after lunchtime, four p.m. And I was wow. looking, and I was looking at this guy who was a senior copywriter. And if I would have stayed in the job, I would have taken his position. I would have get, gotten like a bigger salary package. And I saw his life because he had uh, an operation. Mm-hmm. He couldn't take a leave for more than a week. Like doctor asked him to take a one month's leave. But because he had so much work, he couldn't he take couldn't. a
0: leave. He couldn't. Wow.
1: And I'm like, that that is not my next life. You know, that is not where yeah. I want to be. yeah. Uh, so that was one of the things because I, I really like traveling and I'm a minimalist. So whatever money I was earning, I was saving all of it because I don't spend a lot of money. Right. And when I want to travel, then I cannot travel because they won't give me vacation days off. And I was miserable, you know, because I really like traveling. And another thing was my integrity. Like I, I really like to live value-based living. Right. So there will be brands that... So for example, I'm from India and India, a fair skin is very promoted, maybe because of Mm. colonialism or something. And there were brands that are promoting this social taboo and I have to write copy on it. And it used to make me feel so miserable that I don't want to promote this. And yet I'm writing about fairness skin, fair skin, Mm. right? Mm. And so all of it contributed me to quitting my job. Right. So I quit my job in 2018 and I had no, uh, like, I did not know where to go and how to go. I had no plans, uh, but I was very good with marketing and I was very good with uh, writing. Right. So I'm like, I'll figure out. So I went traveling. That was my first thing that I do after quitting my job. Nice. And then, and then I came back and uh, I was like, I need to do something for like my sustenance. So my sister, my cousin, she lives in Japan, and she's like, you know, you can teach English online. So I gave an interview, I got selected, and I still remember, like, I got paid about $1.44 for the first 25 minutes of the class. Sorry, what?
0: Like $1.4. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. And
1: I went from like this big copywriting package to what earning $1.4. Yeah, $4.
0: that's crazy. And,
1: and I, I was like, I used to feel like I'm a big short copywriter and now I'm teaching. And, you know, I for first six months, I was very unhappy, but I was still uh, showing up until I and I was figuring out and it was an online job. But then I changed my mindset. I was like, mm. maybe this is the first step to be greater good in my life and that first step and then that was i think one of the easiest job basically i was just getting paid to know english right Uh, so i just had to show up there was no lesson plan i just have to talk to japanese and koreans in english and we would talk about travel so i got to know everything about travel and everything about japan and i have so many friends from korea and japan now nice So after that teaching, I figured out, okay, now I have a remote job, but I still need to like, uh, you know, I need to do something more. So I started this another company in digital marketing, but Mm -hmm. that did not work because I was following the same fundamentals as my previous corporate job. So I had to dissolve. I burned out and I was hustling every day, all day because I had two jobs that time. And then finally... I went to Bali for two months. There, I did volunteering. Nice. (laughs) I did volunteering. And then I got an idea. What if I go back and, you know, start this zero waste channel. That's when everything changed. I came back, started my Instagram channel and I started attracting a lot of people on my channel. And then I'm like, okay. Uh, During that time I was working very much on my mindset as well. I'm like, I I realized like everything is a mindset, you know, once you shift your perspective, then everything happens. Like everything is a byproduct of your mindset.
0: Yeah, that's true. And then
1: I came across Vanessa Lau and she's a business coach and I was following her for six months and she makes uh, YouTube videos and Instagram. She has a large following and she helps people how to coach other people. So she had this course for $900. And that time I was earning, I told you, right, $1.8. And I was like, there's no way I would be able to afford her course, okay? But I don't know. Since I've worked so much uh, on my mind and my limiting patterns, that money scarcity just went away. And I'm like, what if I just buy it from credit card? And I bought Mm. it from credit card and I paid off in three months for some reason. All the All the projects came together and that course led me to become an intentional living coach. because uh, She gave me a framework to uh, like earlier I had an idea of what I wanted to do because I wanted to teach people to become in tune with themselves. I wanted to teach them sustainability, minimalism, experience-based living, listening to your heart but i don't know how i can package it into one and then when yeah. i took the course she gave me a framework and now i just need to fit
0: i just need to fill in the frame frame that's all this is amazing mm-hmm. and and why i say that is because sometimes it takes us a few steps to get to the right place in our journey yeah. right and what i heard from you is that you know you can't be or you shouldn't be in a job or in a career that isn't serving your life right you shouldn't you shouldn't let a salary dictate how how you live essentially right and oftentimes you know no matter whether we are entrepreneurs or in a in a major career we tend to let that paycheck or that next payment or that next client almost dictate what we do and how we live right and it isn't really serving us or making us as happy as we would love it love ourselves to be because you know to be fair being an entrepreneur isn't easy (laughs) you know (laughs) um and you do arguably you do double or triple the amount of hours that any employee would do but it's not about the time sometimes it's not even about amount of money because i think you made that distinctively clear is more about how is it serving me how happy am i am i settled and feeling good about the next project (laughs) or the next task you know and um i think that's so interesting like how you've led how you've led through different paths to get to where you are right now but of all of that. And I keep hearing this from time to time with so many different women and different professionals I speak to. It starts with your mind. And if your mind isn't right, everything else isn't going to fall into place. Um, so tell me about what your thoughts are on success. Like what does success mean to you? Because with all of this, there must be certain pinnacles that you have in terms of where you see success and how do you see it for yourself? Like, what does success mean to you?
1: I think for the longest time, I thought success is getting results, you know? Mm. Uh, Like earning that much amount or getting that much revenue, getting those many clients. But recently, I've realized that success is actually getting to do what you love and enjoying the process and not not thinking about the results because results is any day it's going to come mm. so i mean, success for me is doing something and not just for yourself but for the greater good of your community for people in the world right for everyone and enjoying the process that's what uh, the term means for me
0: <laughs> In, in working with different clients and in working as an intentional coach, right? What is it that, how is it that you start off that conversation or that relationship? You know, cause oftentimes I think persons have a misconception of what a coach is or could be to them. Um, there's somewhat of an unsurety as to whether persons might need one and mm-hmm. I kind of want to help persons to understand the importance I mean I'm a coach and I have a coach right because I also think it's important that you know you have someone who's keeping you accountable and who's there to kind of help you just as much as you would help others so my question to you is how do you even start off those relationships and and that that client? to coach relationship? What is the process for you?
1: The process for me is that I, uh, I'm still at the beta stage, so I haven't launched my paid program yet. Right. So I'm still testing my program. So what I start is, I start with market research. So I send out, like, these survey forms, uh, and there are, like, particular questions. And if the person, uh, like, if they write my ideal client, I call it, uh, fills in that those questions, I know that this is the short list. Right. So if like 10 people have filled the form, I guess four of them would be like, you know, we fill those questions. And I will just like, you know, personally I email them and then we have like a call like this. And um, most of the times, like it turns out to be like they hiring me as a coach. Uh, and this is how the process works mostly for me.
0: How different has this been from being... A journalist from being from from being engulfed in the marketing and digital space like how has there been any difference like how how have you seen maybe a shift in what you were doing before versus now
1: I think uh, what earlier what I was doing was I was an employee you know so I Mm. Had a person to accountable to, like that person. It was like they would give me homework, like I was a student. I just right. have to finish homework. I give it to them, and that's done. Now I'm a coach, so I give the homework. So mm. it's like the entire table has turned. And uh, I think yes, uh, at the pers- it it is more like a flow. Like I feel like I need to know a lot of things to help other persons. So it's helping me too because. I'm reading more now to help my clients wow I think okay that is what happened because i feel like since the time i have become an entrepreneur like my employee uh, life was what six seven years and i have just learned okay whatever was required for me to learn like basic eight hour working and what but since last two years I have learned like eight years of my life, you know, because I've learned so much and I've gained so much of knowledge in every area of my life.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to make that distinction that there's a number of things that I keep, like I'm, I'm kind of mulling over based on your responses, but one of the things I want to make the distinction on is that being an employee isn't a bad thing. Right? And being an entrepreneur isn't a bad thing either. Like neither one of them are better or good or mm-hmm. overarch the other, it? right? But I want to hear from your experience. What would you want an employer to do differently? Like from your experience and how 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 that corporate space made you feel, you know, that may have guided you towards entrepreneurship. Like what would you want? what rather what would you want them to do differently or rather what would you do dif- differently know you're an entrepreneur and have and you're building your own team
1: so i think i would let them be like let them explore different fields so i will empower them rather right. than you know, spoon feeding them like it wouldn't be just that much work so for example if i think it's easier if i give you an example like right. if i hire a copywriter So I just don't want them to do copywriting. Like I want them to explore all the areas because then it would, like I want to empower them not just as a copywriter, but as a person in whole. So -hmm. I think that would, what I would want to do. And I think the primary reason would be keeping them happy. Like I wouldn't want to control their hours or how they want to work because it's on them, like how they do it. But it's mostly like, I just want them to, like, because it's not that I'm a boss, you know, it's yes. almost like collaboration. Like we are working mm. towards creating something that want them to feel happy to like get up and like, I, like, I, even I want to feel like I cannot believe I get to work with this person, you know, I'm
0: so, yeah.
1: happy, so that's what I want.
0: I love that you said that, you know, because oftentimes, you know, when we are building teams or building building our own empire so to speak we don't think of the assistants or the team members or you know persons who are ultimately under us as collaborators to the towards the work that we're doing or towards the end result and also what i love the other point about what you said is that oftentimes i think you know we often get caught up because I, I, I speak to some some of my corporate um clients about this. We get caught up over how much time someone is putting in versus the value and the results, you know, and it's really about the results, like what is it that they're producing? not necessarily how long it took them to produce it <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and we comp- we tend to compensate based on the time it took them to produce it as opposed to the result how good that result was that's amazing um that's an amazing insight in in that regard so for you cuz i'm hearing um how much of a leader you are even in your oh. own life and i was just wondering what does leadership mean to you like what do you even see yourself as a leader
1: I think I will say like in uh, probably not a leader but maybe I will say like an experience seeing things and then I'm creating things and if I'm not sure actually I'm not sure maybe I'm a leader <laughs> what,
0: what do you think what do you think being a leader requires like what do you think for you like who do you identify a leader to be and and what does it require to be just that?
1: Oh, I think uh, uh, my business coach, like Vanessa Lau and Mary Folio and all of these people, I think uh, a leader is basically you experience certain things and you become an expert and then you Mm. teach other people the same thing that you have experienced because now you're like a step ahead. So now you're empowering other people of what you have learned and what you are empowered in. So I mm. that is what I feel as leader in my case what I want to do is like I want to I think I guess I'm a leader because I also want to help people uh, because I know there are a lot of people who basically what I want to do is I want to help my former self so right. I know that that my former self if that person has someone like me like someone who could coach them who can pick them up stand by their side and like you know I'm there with you and I'm here to assist you. It would have been way, way easier than me figuring out and finally arriving at this position in my life at the moment. So I think that is what I'm trying to do with people, for people that, uh, yeah, I'm having my
0: former self. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you here because you are a leader. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. Like, I'm going to challenge you here, man, because listen, even the thought of wanting to help others be better and even your story in doing what you did is influencing others that you may not even know or they you may not even see them or interact with them or even even being here today right and sharing what you're sharing you're Mm -hmm. influencing someone and leadership is much more than wanting to help leadership is more about influencing others whether good or bad you know and inspiring them and I think you're doing just you're doing just that so I just want to let you know you're a leader and I want you to hold that and stay true to that okay all right so for you what challenges have you faced since throughout your career so not necessarily now as a coach but generally what challenges have you faced and how did you triumph in the end
1: I think challenges during my corporate life I I used to have like a lot of differences as I said that I am a very very value-oriented person so if someone would ask me uh, to write a news that is not ethical that right. was a very problematic thing for me so I would put my foot down and I would I would even tell them, like you know, I don't want to get paid for this. It's okay, but I'm not going to do this. So I think, in I have like a lot of integrity thing because I think as the business grows bigger, so uh, your focus becomes more money, monetary, uh, yeah, yeah, like money oriented rather than like your value oriented. So that's what that, or maybe because in countries where there's already scarcity of money, then you are like you know everything that you do, is because I also grew up in a household where, you know, there was a lot of scarcity mindset towards, right. Everything was every major decision in life was based out of like, you know, Mm. this will make you more money. So I think, so even in corporates, I I could see the reflection of that. Uh, And then yeah, it was all about earning money. And that that is where you leave your value, you know, you leave your integrity. So I think that was the one factor where I faced a lot of challenge. And second thing that I faced is my mindset, because when I quit my job, I was like in a lot of repression, because you know, I'm like, I don't have a job at the moment, what will I do? What is my next step? Like, at the moment, I am at the peak career of my life like my next like i would be earning a lot of money if i change my job look at my friends they are earning so much and i am the person who decides to like not do all of this and start yeah that. yeah I think that was a lot of challenge plus like in my like my group like my inner circle i call it all the people are not entrepreneurs like or let's say not even entrepreneurs they are they're not doing something i'm doing like not even a remote job, like they go to a job and they put in their hours and they come back. So for them, uh, even my closest people, except my sister, for, for them to make, uh, to understand that what I'm doing, why I quit, was really hard. But right. now I've come a long way and they see, you know, me <laughs> growing. Now they're able to understand, okay, like, you know, and in fact, like I've, there are other people also who are trying to quit their jobs just because I did it, like my friends and all that. So I I think I've caused a major effect.
0: (laughs) But you see, you just gave an example of why you are a leader. Like Mm -hmm. you have even influenced your friends to start thinking, wait, hang on, am I really happy doing this? You know, because the money is only one form of value, right? And oftentimes it doesn't fulfill us. It doesn't fulfill, I guess, our purpose as to what we should be doing in life and um that that i think i want to in a sense circle back in a way because i want to i want to query to you would your 13 year old self be proud of you today oh yeah and if so thought. why
1: <laughs> i think i never thought uh, i never thought of older me i thought like i would be very independent and i i don't remember what my 13 year old thought but I thought I think she thought that I would be something in some some person who would take their own decisions they will have their life collected but then she look she will look at me she'll be like she'll be hella proud of me she'll be like whoa
0: (laughs) (laughs) and that is so good you know because I feel like we have we set a certain vision for ourselves when we are younger and that shifts over time like as a teenager then as a, a young adult and so on um but we don't often look back to be like wait yeah. hang on would I really really in, you know mm-hmm. be proud of me like did I actually live up to who I said I was gonna be you know um in the big in the big scheme of things and is a is is also interesting because we don't uh Maybe even reflect on last week versus years ago, right? Yeah. So, do you think where do you want to go? So, not so that was 13 year old self, she's looking at you today, she's proud, and this is you now looking into 2030. Where do you want to be in 2030? What does that look like?
1: What will be
0: my life like in 2030? Yeah, what do you, what do you envision?
1: I think uh, I would be financially independent. Like uh, I will have achieved financial freedom by that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would have a business that is made out of love. And right. I'm helping a lot of people. And I'm traveling around the world mm-hmm. <laughs> in my van.
0: Traveling around the world. <laughs> so fun fact about you. Where would you, if you had and no worries about money, no worries about time or energy. Where is the first place you would go and why?
1: I think I would go to Japan.
0: Ah, why?
1: Because I know about their culture a lot, and uh-huh. in Japan there is this village called Ogimi, mm-hmm. and uh, Ogimi is famous for uh, it's uh, it's one of the blue zones on the wo- in the world, okay. like, where people longest like the youngest person there is 88 years old wow so in that village people live longer because they live for their ikigai so ikigai is a japanese world word which means like getting up every i, I don't know ex- because there's not an exact translation but in a rough meaning it means that getting up uh you have a reason to get up every day so mm. in that village all of those people have certain something in their life that they ardently love so for vegetable gardens i want to go there because you know i want to see how they live for so long and how come they're so happy and how come they're like enjoying their
0: life like that yeah drink from that fountain of youth right yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so who, who is your ideal client? Like, what does that look like? Who would you, if you had an opportunity to work with anyone in the world, who would you want to lead to intention?
1: So I think I want to lead people who are conscious about, like who want to make an impact to the world. Right. The world. Like they want to contribute something to the community or they want to make life for the next generation better Mm. and now at the moment they're stuck somewhere in their life it could be like their entrepreneurship or they can be an employee but they're not happy doing what they're doing so i I will come and fill the gap like i will help them figure out how they can like you know uh they can contribute to community so i think i would like to
0: help those people (laughs) and how has it been as a woman being in this space? Like, I'm, I know, you know, there's many women, there's many men, um, who are coaches, right. Um, running businesses, um, even in journalism in, in your career and, um, all the copy that you were doing, like, how was it as a woman? Are there anything, were there anything that you faced being a female in, in, in those spaces? Like as a
1: coach at the moment, I'm meeting a lot of women. Like my business coach is a woman. So I have not seen a lot of difference. Yeah. But I think like because for the longest years, longest time, we had a lot of masculine energy to workforce, And now a lot of women are coming. So like feminine energy is more collaboration and more getting together community. So I feel like belonged to, like yeah. whenever I'm talking to a women coach and all that, I haven't had a chance to, talk to a men like I think the only person I follow is Tony Robbins yeah and that like he's far away like I don't talk to him personally but personally whoever I've talked to have been very supportive so I think that space has been very nice but in terms of like my former life like my corporate life I have faced like a barrier like you know uh, as a woman because uh, I've seen the thing that uh, there's a pattern like I could see like my and friends like my friends who were copywriters and they would they can like just go ahead and quote really high and they would get paid like high amount and for us it was like because i think women tend to have more imposter syndrome than because Mm. because of our cultural molding so Mm. we don't quote up to the mark like i i have a lot of writer friends because i'm from that background and all of the women they undervalue themselves so much they're always like, and then now, since I've realized because I'm at the other end, I'm like, I'm trying to motivate them like, no, you, you need to quote more. So I think yeah. that, I, I was at that side. So I think I've always quoted less. Uh, like I always was underpaid because I wasn't, I didn't have the courage to quote myself more. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think office banter also have faced like, you know, like the ma'am, what do you call, locker room talk? <laughs> right. I think that is
0: also how praise uh, faced it. What, why do you think that imposter syndrome happens, though? Is there, wh- why do you think is there a fear? Do you, do you feel like women would feel like their their offer of worth will be rejected? You know, wh- why do you think that happens innately, mostly in women than it might men?
1: I think it's because how we are culturally molded because it's still very patriarchal everywhere. So women are like, even if the most liberal families and more equal families, there are traces where, you know, you see like, you make women submissive, even like passively. You won't see it very active, but passively in cultural traditions. And I'm from India, so it's very highly patriarchal. So I could see it like in front of my eyes still now, like how... In, even in the smallest things, the way we talk, the language we use. Right. It is everywhere, like that submissiveness. Like it's basically because when you're born as a baby, it's no gender, you know. Gender is a societal construction. So if I think if the same way how we uh, raise a man or a boy, I think that would have made much more difference uh, for with our imposter syndrome, I feel like.
0: Mm. Because it's interesting, it's so interesting, you know, as I speak to more women around the world and I hear these stories, the same themes come out. Um, imposter syndrome seems to be a big one, mindset seems to be a big one, and is it's it's almost like you guys have been in each other's living rooms just having a chat about this whole thing because everyone says it's almost it's so similar, right? But it's so true you know i've spoken to persons you know like you in india persons in london um persons in australia like so just vast places around the world and it's all coming down to the same thing and i'm just wondering you know as as women what can we do what do you, what do you feel like we can actually do As professionals across the board no matter what culture we are part of no matter where we are was maybe one little thing we can do to solidify that we are professionals not female professionals we are just professionals like what what do you think that one thing is if you if you have an idea what what can we do
1: I think uh, I have been actually thinking about this like why what is the difference so I think I mentioned earlier as well, because for the longest time, uh, uh, there was like high masculine energy in work spaces. And yeah. now a lot of feminine energy is coming. So I think uh, I read this bo- book uh, written by Sheryl Sanborn. She is mm-hmm. a CEO or CFO of Facebook. And she t- in the book, she talks about how uh, when she joined the office, there was not even a women's toilet Mm. in the department. So she talks about how like the spaces are still very masculine. So, because, you know, like we work differently, our energies, the way we present ourselves are very different. Uh, So I feel like making it more feminine oriented, like workspaces professionally. So if we are leaders and if we are hiring people, making it more towards like what feminine energy is, I think that would work and also make it more inclusive like also involving a lot of men because when we talk about women issues women empowerment or anything i think the the second like the biggest contributors are men so we need to yeah include them so that you know we together we can solve or address this problem uh, this is just like women are talking so i also feel like men should now it's time that men should also join and they need to understand that they also have a feminine energy they also need to get in tune with their feminine side you know Uh, and it is so important for us because as we see like the world right now because it's all rushed and the climate catastrophe so we need more feminine energy we need more nurturing we need more uh, collaboration you know I feel we need more compassion you know for each other and that's what feminine energy
0: is (laughs) that's awesome and I know that even with this word collaboration, you know, um, I have found that there's, there's such a power that women are exuding at the moment where we are being a little more vocal. We're being a little more present. You know, representation has has, has really risen in terms of representing so that even young girls can see see representation in different spheres in different careers you know but that word collaboration tends to create a dynamic that isn't isn't usual right um and i i guess my my next question would more so be along the lines of how do you see women collaborating for the future like Okay, you've seen an increase in that, but what does that truly look like? Um, just in general, how can women collaborate, whether in a corporate job or as um, entrepreneurs or just in general, as even mothers? Like how, how do you see collaboration as a long-term um, goal for women?
1: I mean, right now, what is happening at the moment, like we are collaborating, we are inspiring others. So that is an example of collaboration. But in long term, I see like a lot of companies that were like a lot of women from different sectors and communities where women from different uh, fields of career, like copywriting, travel, everywhere, they're coming together and you know empowering other people. So I think that could be, uh, and I see that already because I know that not so many, when I, there are so many Facebook groups that I'm a part of and that's how we met. Yeah, <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> that I see like how everybody jumps on helping each other, which is just like a, like, you know, a small part of our future because someone has a problem and everybody rushes to helping that person. So I think that is a massive collaboration. So I think it a would be like really, really big. I think. I cannot it imagine is. how it would be, but I think it's going to be something really great.
0: Yeah, and it's going to keep. I think it's going to keep playing on itself. It's almost like bricks on a foundation; they keep stacking up, right? Um, so, with that even in mind, tell us a little more about um, the the upcoming projects that you have, because I know there's a few in the pipelines, especially the podcast. Tell us about that.
1: So, for podcasts, I just released a podcast uh, a week ago.
0: Nice. My first
1: travel podcast. it's about travel and meditation so it is for because this is a time we cannot travel so i thought i would write something on travel and i also like i promote meditation a lot so i thought like you know i will merge these two and create something so i created a podcast it's very relaxing very calming so that was the one project that i recently did my second project would be uh, launching my own facebook group so i'm creating Intentional community getting all the people who are interested in a slow living, sustainability, experience based uh, life and conscious entrepreneurship. I call it like conscious entrepreneurship. Nice. So, yeah, that is my second project. Yeah, that is so far so good.
0: So, a podcast. What's the name of that podcast?
1: It's called Journeying the Unknown.
0: Nice. So guys, you can check that out for sure. Make sure to listen out for that. And um, I think as we start to wrap up, one of my final questions would be, you know, for all that you've been doing over the past two years to really build the career that, or the rather the life, not even the career, the life that you want to live, was one piece of advice? I mean, I'm sure there are women out there who are going to be listening. There are men out there who are going to be listening. There are different professionals in different stages of their life and career. And, you know, they may be stuck or they may not be starting. Or they may want to be growing a particular idea that they've had in the pipeline for years. What's that one piece of advice you would maybe give or leave with them? that they can start to implement?
1: I think I would say, uh, listen to yourself. Listen to your heart because it knows where you want to go. Don't listen to your parents. Don't listen to your neighbors. Don't listen to your friends. Just listen to your heart and everything will follow. Like you have this inner calling. And the second thing I would say is that enjoy the process. Like don't Mm. jump on the results. Just enjoy your journey. Everything will happen as long as you listen to your heart. That
0: these are the two things that I picked up from my life, and has worked well really well for me. That is so good. You know why? Is one of those things I I really resonate with you saying, don't even listen to your parents, and in some instances, mm-hmm. friends and family, mm-hmm. because I mean, for years, kid you not, I in building my company, I have multiple, but in building one of my entities, initially when I first started. Um, entrepreneurship you know you would have the family members who expect Mm -hmm. expect that a specific job and a specific career type and you know especially after studying law is like no you need to be in the court and you need to be (laughs) you know your traditional attorney and they would bring job clippings. Like I'm, I'm like legit making money, right? I'm mm-hmm. generating revenue and they would still be bringing job clippings, you know, to kind of sway you into that. Because yeah. we have this misconception that a job means security. And I think yeah. even now in light of COVID, in light of all that we are experiencing, I think it is very clear that a job does not mean security right? So what are your final thoughts on that? In light of all that's been happening around the world, you know, what are your thoughts on creating the path, whether whether a job or entrepreneurship, creating that path that works for you? What's your thoughts on the security of any one career?
1: I think uh, there's no security to be honest. Like, it's just like, it's your understanding of the world. I feel like security can comes from money, security can come from having a partner or having family members and not having money. So I think it means differently for different people what exactly security is for them. But for me, I would feel like uh, you need to thrive in life Mm -hmm. and you need to create your own life. And that's what will bring you security because it's the mindset. Because when you start designing your life and you start following your heart's call, you don't think about security or you don't think about lack of anything. You just, you're so focused that you empower yourself, you know, your vision empower yourself. So you, your, everything else is background. So I think it is so important for you to find yourself, trusting yourself and just going ahead with whatever you want to do in life. And you will, uh, you know, conquer everything, whatever comes your way.
0: Yeah. That's so good. Thank you so much for this. You have been awesome. Um, It's been amazing chatting to you and hearing a different perspective from a different culture is so important to even bridge that gap, (laughs) you know, bridge that gap and understand that there's not much differences. Like we're literally experiencing the same things and going through the same challenges and triumphing in a lot of ways in the same way. So I thank you for even sharing um, where can we find you? Where can the, the listeners and viewers find you? Oh, I have an
1: Instagram channel and I have a podcast so I can share the links with you. My Instagram channel is called Intentionally with Course, uh, mm. but you might find spelling to be difficult. but I'll share both of my podcast and my Instagram with you. So they that's where they
0: can find me awesome cause so thank you so much this has been lead her shift (laughs) and we've really been delving into the the different paradigms of feeling secure in our happy and understanding Mm -hmm. how our mindset plays a massive role in that so this has been amazing and until next time guys thank you so much for listening